time for you to go to bed at a normal time again for a while. <laughs> What's the podcast called again? I love this. You should do. Oh dear. <laughs> well, this is gonna be a rough one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of. Sorry. Of Samantha shuffling <laughs> around a lot. I took off my slippers because they were very loud. They are. Okay. Um, also, this podcast is called I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Forest Spirit Randawa. Oh. And with me is Samantha Fairy Dust He. Oh, I like that. It makes me sound very glittery. Usually Which are. is not untrue. <laughs> So, uh, we have an episode for you today that involved very little preparation, as you might be able to tell already. I usually come with a handful of notes. Uh, today, I got nothing. I'm picking movies off the top of my head. Oh. We're kind of in the process of moving. Everything is madness. Everything but... is madness. There's just like suitcases in every single room. But that's not stopping us from getting you two things of the week. And I'll tell Samantha what we'll be watching for our big movie next week. Ooh, in a hotel. In a hotel. It's going to be exciting. I guess. <laughs> Are I, you excited to go live in a hotel for a while? Um, I'm not excited right now, but I think it'll be fun when we're actually doing it, when everything's moved into it. Hotels are super fun when you're on a vacation. When you're in your hometown and you still have to go to work and grocery shop and all that kind of stuff, hotels are not fun. No, That's and we're going to be in a hotel for like three weeks. So I've been panic listing at my desk at work all week. Not me. I'm listless. You're listless. And I don't understand how you can do stuff without a list. Oh, no. I've written lists of what I need to bring. Oh, I'm you're just like listless. physically listless. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yikes. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> so, Indy, what we usually do is talk about our things of the week, so maybe we should do that now. Good idea, Sam. Okay, well, since it's your movie <laughs> this week, you have to go first. So, Indy, what is your thing of the week? My thing of the week is a 2020 film called Tiger Tail. I watched this a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. It's a Netflix movie, so you can watch it on there. When it came out, I did not hear much about it. I think the day it came out, I saw the trailer and thought, oh, I need to watch that at some point. But it looked a little heavy, so I put it off for a really long time and finally got around to seeing it. And I'd like to say I highly recommend it. It's a short movie, unnecessarily short, at 91 minutes. But this is a kind of a multi-generational family drama. It's written and directed by Alan Yang. And Alan Yang is a really talented guy and has done a lot of great work, but in things that you might not expect to make this kind of movie, because he was a writer and director on Master of None, Parks and Recreation. There's that show Forever, which I haven't seen, but it hmm. looks pretty good. And do you remember in Mouse Rat, the band in Parks and Rec? Yes. There's Alan, the bass player? Yes. That's him. Oh. So he's actually a really talented writer or director. Oh, cool. I like when um, you can like connect things, other things that we've seen, because I'm sure Hollywood is a small community. Yeah, and he also wrote for The Good Place and some other shows here and there. But this is his first feature film, and I think it's a great debut, and I'm very excited to see what he does next. I believe it got really good scores from critics and on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. 
on IMDb, it has a very low score of a six. And I was like, why is it so low? I looked into it. All the reviews that are negative are one of two things. First, what is this? A foreign movie? I had to read subtitles the whole time. They're fucking taking our jobs. (laughs) That's one. The other side was Taiwanese people very angry at the movie because there's bad Taiwanese accents. So if you're like me and you can't always tell Taiwanese from Mandarin, actually, you can tell Taiwanese from Mandarin, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell a bad Taiwanese accent. But the people in this are mainland Chinese for the most part, Mm. but they're pretending to be Taiwanese. And if you're Taiwanese, that's very offensive. Oh. I'm not, so I couldn't tell the difference. So I was uh, gleefully ignorant to the bad accents in it. But if you can overlook that, if you don't speak Taiwanese and Mandarin and can't tell the difference, it's going to be a very good movie for you, I think. So like I said, it's a really long multi-generational story. But I think I can give the premise without ruining the movie because most of it is in the trailer as well. And it's just setting you up, but I won't actually tell you what happens because we're doing no spoilers for today. Yes. So it takes place following one man in three different time periods. It starts off with him as a boy and he is living in the Taiwanese countryside with his grandmother because he can't live with his mother for reasons. There is also an entire section that's in, I think, the early 70s, maybe late 60s in Taiwan and then in America, where this man, who was the the boy before, is now living with his mom, and he wants nothing more than for her to be safe and prosperous, and he thinks he can achieve this by getting her to America. So to do this, he abandons the woman he has loved for a very long time. He effectively shuts down romance and love in his life to take a more pragmatic approach to marry this woman who can then get him passage to the United States because Mm. she comes from a wealthier family. And if this sounds like I'm ruining it, this all comes up really quick. So (laughs) it's how these things develop and the consequences of it that's really important in the movie. He ends up moving to the U.S. with this woman that he doesn't really love. It follows their life being new immigrants to New York in, I think, the early 70s. Hmm. And then it also jumps into modern time, where this man now is elderly, has grandchildren, and essentially has a life of regret. And it goes back and forth between those two storylines, or two timelines about the same man. And I think the movie deals with sacrifice for the most part it brings up this idea that he is sacrificing for his family but Mm -hmm. in doing so he kind of closes off his emotions from himself and from everyone else and you're left to wonder if the sacrifices he made in the name of serving his family were they worth it because now he is this kind of cold unemotional man and so many of his family members and we get to see his relationship with his grown daughter a lot they they don't know him and yes he sacrificed so much to get to the united states they have more money they're well off but what did he lose in doing so Mm. so that's kind of a uh, cerebral look at, (laughs) at it but it is a uh a really touching heartfelt movie It kind of is about that moment where I think everyone gets to eventually when they realize that their parents are human, that their parents may be flawed or are fallible, 
and how to reconcile that, right? Because your parents, when you're growing up, are just kind of everything, right? Mm -hmm. They make the rules and you assume they're doing everything right. And in this movie, he has to deal with a reckoning of that not being the case and his children finding out more about him. Because I think a lot of the time we look at grandparents or parents as not entirely human. I feel like you see grandparents a lot of the times as just old people who didn't have a life. Right. Like and there's you don't... so much richness behind it. And if you sit down and talk to your grandparents and they're like, oh, yeah, I was at Woodstock. I was fucking blasted on acid. <laughs> right. Like one of the most ignorant but forgivable things about youth is that you feel like everything is happening just to you. Yes. You don't think that everyone in the history of time has gone through these same things, but that is in fact the case. Mm -hmm. And this is just a really beautiful movie, I think. A lot of people might call it depressing, and I don't think that's the case. I do think this is a sad movie. I think you'll probably cry, mm -hmm. but I think it's balanced and there's lightness to it too there's definitely a bittersweetness i think is the best way to put it because it has those beautiful moments but it is also about living a life of regret and i think it's a type of movie that people need to see because maybe it's going to make you look at your own life now rather than when you're 85 right or it's going to maybe make you want to talk to your parents or your grandparents mm. um, maybe it's just because i am i don't do we call it first generation or second generation if you're the first generation that was born here uh you're first generation so i'm a first generation yeah. canadian and this is kind of telling a story that i think a lot of immigrant families will be able to relate to. And it's a story that I don't know why there's not more of these types of movies, because just like I was saying with the boxing, how it's kind of a metaphor for so many things, mm -hmm. the immigrant story coming to America or Canada or wherever it is, it's already a built-in movie that has those acts. And I wish there would be more movies like this made. I wish people like Alan Yang would get more opportunities to be able to tell their stories. Mm, that's exciting. Um, I remember you, we went on a walk after work one day because it was so nice out. And you told me excitedly about this whole movie. And it's not often that you tell me like the entire plot of a movie and get really excited. So it was obvious that you found this very... Uh meaningful it was it was great and i also told you the whole thing because i felt like since it's subtitled you might not go watch it on your own but for everyone else out there give it a chance it is subtitled it's in mandarin and taiwanese for the most part there is english sections as well in addition to this really great story it's also visually very stunning mm. I think he must have shot the different timelines on different film. Like it looks like maybe the 70s stuff is on 16 mil and the new stuff is digital or 35 <laughs> or something. But small little things like that are, are really nice to look at. And for a first time film director, I'm not sure who the cinematographer is on this one, but uh, they did a great job. It's stunning to look at, especially when we are in the countryside of Taiwan mm -hmm. or in those sequences in the late 60s in Taiwan as well. It's it's just great to watch a culture that I'm not entirely familiar with, but it's people listening to the same type of music, essentially, but in Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. They're just dancing, going out, and stealing from restaurants. It's just like teenage kids having fun. Mm -hmm. And it's 
a, a different world than we usually get to see that taking place in. And I don't want to give anything away, but if you do end up going and watching this, which I recommend you do, pay attention to that first sequence and the last sequence and see how they mirror each other despite being 80 years apart. There's some really beautiful stuff like that. If there's anything on the downside of this movie, I would say it's the length. At 90 minutes, it is too short. And I can't remember saying that about a movie. (laughs) But when you're... None of my movies, anyway. (laughs) When you're covering 80 years, this is a movie, if anything needs to be in a two and a half hour epic, it should be this. And I hope that we get a director's cut or something to see more. Because I know there was entire sequences like uh, John Cho was in this. Oh. And he's just cut right out. So I'd like to see what he was all about. And I just feel like this movie has so much to say, has such a relatable story, whether or not you're the child of immigrants, just a very human story about regret and loss that it feels a little bit rushed in these 90 Hmm. minutes. The good side is you're not going to be bored. This is going to be like (laughs) quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And everything just goes so fast. But I wish they had given everything a little more time to breathe. Hmm. Okay. But either way, it's a very big recommendation from me. That is Tiger Tail from 2020, written and directed by Alan Yang. And it is on Netflix, wherever you watch that. Perfect. How about you? What is your thing of the week? Um, My thing of the week is non-alcoholic beer. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's never been a pick of yours that I'm going to disagree with more than this. <laughs> <laughs> it is controversial. So I have been exploring the world of non-alcoholic beverages because of some medication that I'm taking and it has kind of led me into this world of like craft non-alcoholic beer and it's been very uh enlightening. I didn't realize that it was a thing um until i started looking around for this kind of thing um i've tried a an alberta brewery um village brewing which has a couple different kinds um i've tried a pale ale from them which i liked and then there's also partake brewing out of ontario which has uh kind of all the classic flavors that you would expect but my favorite right now is the stout which i'm currently drinking um And uh, I've discovered through another friend of mine who's doing something similar, a website called Sober Dry that carries like 100 different kinds of non-alcoholic beverage. So I'm excited to order from them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They carry things like um, non-alcoholic spirits as well. Oh. So you can like get the same flavors for cocktails and stuff without actually drinking any alcohol. Hmm. So that might be where I go next. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Like, I know they have, like, spiced rum and some stuff that tastes like gin. And um, I believe they have a vodka one. There's quite a few different brands that this company carries. So I'm excited to kind of maybe try some of this. I don't know if I have any follow-up questions. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is something that I will probably never do. Because I, if I don't want alcohol, I just don't drink. I'm... Probably very frustratingly so for Samantha, one of those calorie counters. I know exactly what I'm eating and I I know. I don't 
ruin the fun for others, but I do not uh, indulge all that often. But when I do, if I'm going to be drinking beer, I drink it for the alcohol as well as the taste. <laughs> Very true. I don't just uh, drink it just for the sake of drinking beer. So I would never probably go to a non-alcoholic beer. Mm. I would just not have beer. But you find that it is like the taste and the comfort yeah, of it's drinking a beer that you almost miss. like a ritual. Right. right, like you come home from work, or like a glass of wine while I'm cooking dinner, or like just the ritual of having a drink in the evening. So I'm I'm trying this out as a way to kind of keep that going, but also to uh, not, you know, endanger my health. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're looking for Something like this, sober dry seems like a really good uh, way to do it. They're based out of Calgary, actually, so they're kind of local-ish, and uh, I think I'm going to put in a big order. All right. The other thing about sober dry is that if you message them on their website, they will give you a gift card for the cost of shipping on your order because they can't offer free shipping because it has to be shipped um, cold, some of their stuff. So they offered me a gift card for my next order when I pay for the shipping on my first order. All right. We can put a link in the show notes to them as well and mm-hmm. some of these products that Samantha loves. <laughs> I've been doing something kind of similar. Uh, my one big indulgence, as you know, I eat cereal before bed mm-hmm. if I've been good that day because yeah. I, I love uh, sugary cereals. I've been trying to replace that with tea. Yes, you've been on a real tea kick. It's kind of working, but sometimes I just want those that sugar and those <laughs> carbs. Oh, my God. Love sugar. I know you do. Maybe that's something our audience doesn't know, is that you love wine and I love sugar. Mm-hmm. Those are our two So, like, we vices. have vices. Yeah. They're just, yeah. And I, we're trying to, we're both trying to kind of give up some of that. So yeah. That's, yeah. I was excited to find a nice way to do this. Good. I'm glad that that's working out for you. Yeah. I did try some of your non-alcoholic stout, the Partake one, and mm-hmm. I think it's quite good. Yeah, it's definitely the best one that I've had so far. And I am I have, um, like I said, I have a friend in my book club who's doing something similar. Um, and she's been recommending some that are very good. I know that uh, the non-alcoholic Heineken tastes exactly like Heineken. Um, I hear Grolsch has a really good Radler, but I haven't tried it. So... There's so many things to drink. (laughs) True. So, Indy, it's time to find out what we'll be watching this week for next week's full episode. Oh, yeah. Next week's episode, which is episode 100. We're not going to do a big celebration. We're going to save that for episode 101 because (laughs) just because of scheduling. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So... I know I promised we'd be doing Chunking Express by this point, but like I said earlier, we're moving around a lot. I can't get that sweet Criterion collection that is coming out. Actually, by the time this airs, I think it should be out. Mm. So I won't be able to get that. So we're going to postpone some Wong Kar Wai stuff until next week. So today I wasn't sure what to do. I have a big list of things that I want Samantha to watch. And I just kind of picked randomly something that would be easy for everyone to find and something that is great mm-hmm. and something that I think Samantha will like. Huh. And that thing is Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away from oh, 2001. I love a Miyazaki, so I'm excited. So you just watched the one, yeah. uh, My Neighbor Totoro, which yeah. we did on this podcast. 
We talked about My Neighbor Totoro way back on episode 10. Oh. And I highly recommend that one. It is one of our most popular ones still. For sure, yeah. It gets a lot of downloads. And I think it was a really good one. Everybody loves a Totoro. Yeah, so go check out that one. But for next week, also watch Spirited Away. As it's known in English, it is a Japanese film, but there is a really good English dub out there as well. It's available on Netflix for Canadians and maybe others. But it shouldn't be a really hard movie to find because it is one of those movies that had a lot of crossover success. So it's probably his most successful overall, although... I would argue maybe not his best. A lot of people think it is. It's not my favorite, at least. It might be his best. It's very good either way. So do we see any characters from My Neighbor Totoro in this one? We do see some soot sprites. Oh, okay. If you remember, they're the little black spidery things that come from chimneys and stuff. I think they're in there. There's a lot of creatures and spirits in this one so if you look in the crowd scenes you might see some other ones that you're familiar with but they don't really play a role in this as much they're just in the background so spirited away came out in 2001 to great critical acclaim and had even some award nominations in american awards as well it's written and directed by hayao miyazaki who is maybe the most talented animator and writer of animated films of all times, in my opinion. And it follows the story of a 10-year-old girl who is moving to the suburbs, is kind of grumpy about it and upset with her parents, and then she inadvertently wanders into this world that is ruled by witches and spirits, and humans can come in, but they are transformed. So it is a fantastic movie, but while My Neighbor Totoro had some of those elements, that one was much more peaceful, warm, and the forest spirits, the the Totoros in that, Mm -hmm. are loving, I would say, right? They're protectors of the forest. Right. In this, there are many more menacing figures. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching this with children, I, of course, watched... Night of the Living Dead when I was seven. So yeah. I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. If you were a child like I was a child and was scared of like beating the beast. <laughs> yeah, then this one could be scary for you as well. So watch the trailer, parents mm-hmm. out there. Determine if the images are too scary for your kids. I think it's fine, but uh, most modern parents would disagree <laughs> with me. Will you make sure I'm not scared while we're watching him? Will do. Okay, thanks. It is rated PG, so it's not like it's a scary movie with actual like blood or gore or death or anything right. like that. But there are spirits that are, are scary looking. I think it's fine. You be the judge. Okay. Well, actually, let's watch a little trailer. Perfect. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here, now! What? You've got to get across the river. Go! I'll distract them! Mommy! Ah! I'm dreaming! I'm dreaming! Don't be afraid. I just want to help you. No! In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed, and sorcerers rule. 
The witch Baba controls you by stealing your name. If you completely forget it, you'll never find your way home. Your name belongs to me now. One girl's future depends on remembering one thing above all else. I want you to know my real name. It's Chihiro. Experience a magical movie phenomenon embraced by all the world. On DVD and video, prepare to be spirited away. Well, that was a very Disney-ish trailer. It was very Disney. There was a lot of that fairy dust sound that they used a lot. Yes. <laughs> it looks really good. I can see what you mean by it maybe being a little scary for younger kids. I'm not sure if I'll cut that out if it fits in, but I was talking about how things are different at the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Spirits come out, that barrier between our reality and the spirit world breaks down, and that's what this movie is about a lot of the time. And just watching that trailer... I already wanted to start geeking out of like, oh, that character is actually from this culture's folklore. And ah. There's a lot of influences, more than I'm sure I'll be able to explain or will even attempt to explain. <laughs> but it's it's a fun movie. But if you are also a literary nerd and have been reading fairy tales from a lot of other cultures, you can tell that the creators of this have done that as well. Mm. So there's a lot to dissect if you want to, but I think it's just a really fun kids movie about uh, about adventure over everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks great. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I'm happy after the last couple movies that you've brought to watch something like super fun. Before Sunrise was fun. <laughs> no, that was just like, it wasn't fun like this looks fun. Like Raging Bull was fun. No. That was fun. No. That like, was a fun time. No, it wasn't. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> like Spirited Away was fun. Okay. Like Totoro was fun. That was fun. So I'm excited for another kind of more lighthearted one. Yeah. And this one is a little different from Totoro in another way that this has more of a plot. Hmm. Like Totoro is just about being nice and one with nature and all of those fun themes, but it didn't have a really strong story of people trying to get things Mm -hmm. or do certain things. This has more of that. It's more typical, I guess, in its storytelling, not to say that it's derivative or anything. It just follows a plot line, (laughs) which not all of his movies do. Perfect. (laughs) It's longer as well. I think this one is right about two hours. And to show how well-loved it was around the world, on a budget of about $15 million, it went on to make just under $400 million. Oh, wow. So it was very commercially successful, as well as critically praised, and above all else, on this podcast at least, loved by me. <laughs> Everything um, that you bring me is loved by you. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why it's important for this podcast. Yeah. It seems also most of what I bring you is loved by you. <laughs> what you bring you, not so much. Yeah, it's true. I'm uh, I'm a little down in the points right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when we do our 101st episode spectacular, we'll do a, like what we did after our first year episode. Give out some awards and highest and lowest ranked things like that. Yeah, and you can see how. You tend to like my movies more than you like yours, yet refuse to watch my type of thing unless it's for this podcast. 
But we'll save all of that. Perfect. <laughs> Until then, uh, go on Netflix or to your local library. Get a copy of Spirited Away. If you know me, just ask me. I'll lend you one. <laughs> yes. Or you can click on that link in the show notes as well. Magic link. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week when we talk about uh, this fabulous looking film, Spirited It Away. Yeah. Spirited It Away. Spirited It Away. <laughs> I normally say so much more, but I feel like if I start, then I'll just go for an hour. Yeah, I can feel like... It's a good movie. Go watch it. Go watch it. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Is that the end of talking?